I am Madison Timmons. I'm Chris Susie. And we're paranormal specialists who live in the most haunted city on earth, Savannah, Georgia. Every day is Halloween in our line of work, so join us as we spin true tales of haunts, murders, and disturbing Savannah history. I'm Madison. I'm Chris. And, and welcome, welcome to the most haunted city on earth. Go ahead and start her up. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the most haunted city on earth. My name is Madison Timmons. I'm Chris Susie, And I'm JT Timmons. He's alive. I'm alive. <laughs> For all of you asking, is JT dead? Um, <laughs> Why do we have such morbid fans? I know. <laughs> I know. <it's laughs> there so many people are like, where's JT? We haven't seen him in a while. Is he okay? And I'm like... I wouldn't be okay. <laughs> you know, just me, just casually, like, ah, he's gone. Plus, you know? we don't know how any of this equipment works, so right. none of it would get out. <laughs> right. <laughs> no, we've just had, um, you know, lots of guests, and yes. JT typically will very quickly offer his seat up. Yes, for <laughs> I will sacrifice. Yes, so sacrifice um, before we get into the episode today, though, we do have a few announcements. Oh, yeah, we do. All right, here we go. Uh, I have a really, really, really big announcement um, that we will be doing a collaboration with two girls, one ghost. All three of them. <laughs> All three of them. Yes. yes. We are so, so, so excited. We hit them up and they have just been just amazing through this whole thing um so if this is coming out the uh saturday well then last tuesday uh <laughs> yes we had a <laughs> oh wait hang on <laughs> yeah i know right yes um we had a um a meeting with them and the, i don't know they're just they're just so great like they've been so uh welcoming um because i you know i hit them up because we've had a we've had a bunch of um you know either pair junkies or just you know listening fans um ask us to you know hey you know we'd love to see a collaboration between y'all and I hit them up and they just like literally within a couple days they hit back and they were like absolutely let's do it mm -hmm. and uh I don't know they've just been because of how big they are you know it, it just goes to show you that you know you could still stay you know humble at that size it's really cool yeah so if you have somebody you want us to collaborate with let us know because we could possibly make it happen yeah um, yeah. yeah we had um one of our para junkies connect us with Kalani, Kalani, uh, Kalani mm -hmm. Ghost Hunter, which hopefully you guys have listened to his episode. Um, same thing. We just reached out and we we're like, hey, you want to come on the podcast? And so if you have somebody you want us to talk to on this podcast, let us know. We have some para junkies to thank. All right. Um, Natalie in Ann Ellis, Lillian Rutherford, Colby, Megan Shimo, Sydney Scarberry, Rebecca Darth, Kirsten Martin, Vanessa, Jesse Fergan, Postal Kitty, love that one, and Patrick Young. Thank y'all so much for becoming Pair Junkies. We're really excited to welcome y'all to the Pair Junkie fam. And uh, yeah, we have a lot of great uh, content coming to you, exclusive episode every single week. Yep. And shout out to Patrick Young, who like is a friend of mine and contacted me on Facebook oh. and was like, 
you know, if you had a Patreon, I would, <laughs> I, I would totally uh, be a patron. I was like, we do have a Patreon. <laughs> oh my god, I didn't know that, that that's how that happened. All so right, there you go. cool. Shout out to Patrick Young. We've, We've got, got ghost, ghost mail. So we're going to go ahead and jump right into it, and I'm going to read a story from Cameron Young, and the title is "Fun Fun Ghost Stories from a Non-Binary Perspective." Nice. Hi there. My name is Cameron, and I'm a SCAD grad and a former Savannah resident. I love the podcast and loved the Savannah Underground show. Oh, thank you. Oh, thank you Thanks Cameron. for coming. Seriously. I just finished the episode that dropped yesterday where Madison asked about a non-binary person's ghost experience, and I thought it would be fun to share. Yes, I am very interested. So I am glad that my answer is here now. Yes. So. <laughs> I'm not sure if I would be considered sensitive, but I do believe in spirits and I have a lot of funky experiences involving them in my life. Only a few have been related to my gender expression, thankfully. Right before I came out as non-binary, I, I was about 14. I was wrestling with it and wondering about how this would affect my relationship with God, having been raised fundamentalist Christian. Late one night, I saw this older man in my bedroom staring at me, very blue in the face and screaming, ye shall burn in the devil's fire, all caps. Oh, okay. Of course, I freaked out and turned the lights on and the figure wasn't there. I didn't even tell my parents about the full details of the event, but my reaction along with coming out was enough for them to consider a psych eval. Interestingly enough, if this were a deceased family member reaching out, this would track with their behavior in life and it would make sense for them to continue being hateful in death. After moving to Savannah, I began going through some more supernatural stuff. I signed up for this uh, I signed up for this I signed up for this one, though as I took uh, Ghosts and Gravestones tour. Um, during the part where they let us walk around the Andrew Lowe house, I remember feeling very puzzled especially in the children's room. That room, just a side note, that room <laughs> is just disturbing. Um, no children really lived in that room. Right. So um, that's actually the room, if you remember the episode where I talked about the little boy slash little girl ghost, the one that transforms and things like that, that's where it likes to hang out. So, the anglerfish ghost. Yes, the anglerfish ghost. <laughs> so I know exactly the vibe you're talking about. For sure. All right. I could feel and hear things in the house you might normally associate with ghosts, but I just had the overwhelming feeling of confusion come through. Considering my gender identity within this experience, I have to wonder if I was actually confused or if I was feeling that confusion residually from something intelligent in the house as a result of having both some very masculine and feminine features in the same body. I have also experienced weird stuff walking past certain buildings in Savannah, particularly around Heyman's Hall and the streets that were connected to Oglethorpe House and Pulaski, or Pul uh, Pulaski House. General feelings of dread or hearing, hey boy, shouted at, the, uh, shouted at the street even though I'd been the only one walking. I wrote them off at the time, but now that I'm considering, uh, now I, uh, sorry, 
I wrote them off at the time, but now that I'm reconsidering these with my gender expression, I have to wonder if those were ghostly experiences. For context, this happened almost nightly when I would walk from Haman's to the Hive, and I would inevitably pass by Pulaski, the synagogue, the church, and the Sorrel Weed House. If it was a ghost, I can't say I blame them because I had very masculine appearance back then, and I know a lot of ghost stories th- around that area mention a spirit who doesn't like men. Thank you for giving me somewhere to put these stories. I hope this could answer any questions y'all have. Happy holidays. Best, Cameron Young. Thanks, Cameron. Thank you, Cameron. That was actually a very interesting uh, timeline. Yeah, I... um, So, like... I can see how, you know, um, especially some of the older spirits and things like that, you know, uh, if you have core values or core beliefs in your lifetime, I have this belief that they don't necessarily die off into the afterlife. That's why, you know, you you see racist spirits, you see, you know, spirits that have these prejudices because it's just a part of them. Mm -hmm. So that was mostly my question with this is, you know, somebody who is almost like a a balance between the masculine and feminine, how that would come across the spirits. And I could see why you would have these experiences of someone of, or a spirit being almost confused by yeah. it, uh, especially because I'm sure during their lifetime, you know, even though non-binary people were around, it wasn't talked about, nor was it disclosed right. to anybody. And so... I find it so interesting that you had so many experiences in Savannah that seem to, you know, attach to your gender identity and that they were so um, outspoken, like hearing voices and things like that. You don't tend to get that in Savannah a lot where you're walking down the street and people are hearing somebody's voice or things like that. It's usually so crowded and muddied, um, you know, by all the visitors and things like that. You don't tend to pick up on it so very interesting i i love those stories um i'm so sorry about the spirit that was in your bedroom that is just uh that's terrifying that's very jarring um it sounds like right out of a a book you know yeah but if i was your family member i'm so sorry you should put a word up for just say like keep that one out (laughs) keep that one away sure absolutely but yeah that's kind of my take on it um Super interesting perspective, and that was why I asked for it to begin sure. with, because I don't think I've ever had that question pop up into my head before. So, <laughs> yeah. Well, and it's worth noting that oftentimes people ascribe spirits with all kinds of extra perceptory abilities, you know, like like a, a, a ghost will know more than, say, a person standing next to you. Mm. Um and I don't think that's true. I don't think that necessarily ghosts will have innate knowledge of your inner thoughts or you know, sure. a, the ability to peer into your soul or things of that nature. So at first blush, spirits were probably very confused. I, I, I kind of remember I had a friend who, uh, <laughs> in the early days of SCAD, a SCAD student was very easy to identify by their outward appearance because they went all out, you know, a big Mohawk fan and, you know, shade oh, with, yeah. with dog collars, with spikes and things like that. And I had a friend who was walking by Colonial Park Cemetery. He had a blue Mohawk and, and he, from inside the cemetery, it was late at night, 
uh, a a voice said, "What are you? <laughs> what are you?" <laughs> oh my god! And he he was like so confused by this because, and he was he was thinking that it was somebody, but he he, he stood out there. For a while, just looking around, trying to see who it could have been. That's very similar to, but, to Cameron's like. But it was it was an interesting thing yeah. because if you're dealing with a spirit who's just seeing something uh-huh. and is like, mm, right, meh, yeah, you know. Do you do you what do y'all um do y'all know the ghost that they were talking about uh, that doesn't like men? There, there's a million of them. Honestly, um, there are, are so many stories of especially female spirits that are like had trouble past with men and things like that. It could have been a number of them. Um, you know, even the, uh, some people put Alice Riley in that Mm. category. That is true. Being, you know, more concerned with women and, and children than, than men, but also kind of being, persecuted and and ultimately killed by a patriarchal society so yeah it's very you know i know i've heard the story of the the female ghost who hates men um uh they'll tell that at uh at 1790 okay you know that that's an oftentimes well actually that's flipped likes men hates women (laughs) you know but you you hear those those stories of you know gender preference of spirits Sure. sure okay yeah, um, it's an interesting point to bring up that, you know, like when SCAD started, it brought a whole new set of people into Savannah. It's the same kind of concept of like, I feel like the spirits kind of get used to the type of people mm-hmm. um, that are around them often because like before Midnight in the Garden of Good and Evil came out, Savannah really wasn't like a big tourist destination. I think they had like 2 million people a year that would come to Savannah. And then after the book, it was like, it went up to like 20 million people a year or something like that. So that brought a whole new set of people as well. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you know, I can imagine spirits as times have changed, they start to get more jarred by people that they're like, you don't look like all the people that I've normally seen. Well, and it was interesting because like, yeah, in those early days of, and I, I call them early days, but was, this was like the mid eighties. Um, there was a lot of of that artistic expression in everything, you know, mm-hmm. and so you, you you were quick to be like, oh, you know, it was, and then many years later, people are like, uh, just naturally assuming that if you're between the ages of 16 and 24, you're a SCAD student. Yes, <laughs> it's, it's, it's <laughs> still just, like that. It, yeah. it, it literally <laughs> became just, oh, you're of the SCAD age range. You know, it's mm-hmm. like, no, I'm not a SCAD, a SCAD student. Is, no, I'm not a SCAD, <laughs> no, I'm not a SCAD student. <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah, it, it is definitely still like that. Um, For sure. Even though I've long since graduated from SCAD, they still are like, so what are you studying? And I'm like, <laughs> um, uh, trying to figure out my life. That's what I'm studying. Understood. So. All right, here we go. Moving on. Thank you so much, Cameron. Um, this story. Now, I want to say that we don't read these stories at all before um, before reading them on the show. Um, even me, because we want like real reactions. Sure. Um, all right. So this one is from Allison. T- oh, uh, Pair Junkie, Allison Teal. Nice. Awesome. All right. And this is, yes, the Wal- uh, the Walterville uh, house story. I've, uh, she told me about this. Um, she told me she was sending this one in. All right. Here we go. Hey, y'all. 
Okay, so I have always been sensitive and had spiritual gifts for as long as I can remember, which I'm sure was just super fun for my parents. I, I feel you on that one. <laughs> <laughs> my sensitivity seemed to peak uh, when I was a teenager and has thankfully leveled out now as an adult and I can manage it much better. In middle and high school, my best friend and I would take turns staying at each other's houses like most friends do. Uh, we preferred to stay at my house, though, uh, because her house in Walterville was haunted AF. Like, drain all your energy level haunted. <laughs> One of the craziest experiences was the last time I ever stayed with her. Uh, there was when I was 17, and I call it the knocking story, because her house demon ran me off. I always had the notion it was a demon, although there were regular spirits there, too. This is what happened. We had been playing DDR in her... What's DDR? Dance Dance Revolution. Mm -hmm. Oh, nice. Okay. Um, <laughs> no, I remember that. <laughs> you just made me remember that from, you know, younger years. All right. We had been playing uh, Dance Dance Revolution uh, in her backyard pool house when I got an unsettling feeling we were being watched. So we went into the main house. We went in to find her dad leaving, said bye, and got some snacks in the kitchen. I then noticed... Something walked past the kitchen window, Ooh. but it was one of those out of the corner of your eye things. You mentioned those, Chris. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. um, then we both heard the front door open and shut loudly. She called out to see if it was her dad, and it wasn't. Thoroughly freaked out, we ran upstairs to her room and shut the door behind us, locking it. No, we weren't concerned that it was a person. We had enough experiences with the demon guy uh, to just assume that that's what it was. Super chill. You know, casual demon encounter. Eh. <laughs> eh. Eh. Then she got in the shower and I hung out in her bed. I then heard very clearly knocking on one of the bedroom doors down the hall. There were four bedrooms upstairs and I could tell it wasn't the one right next to us until the knocking did move to the door next to hers. Then, unfortunately, it knocked on her door <laughs> three times each door. Mm -hmm. Ooh, boy. Yeah, that's not good. I didn't know what to do, so I just said out loud, no, no, you're not doing that. Stop, no. The same way you might speak to a dog chewing on furniture. <laughs> <laughs> Bad demon. Bad demon, sit. <laughs> no. Yeah. <laughs> That's, a, that's, that's funny. Funny analogy. All right. I was pretty annoyed, but also terrified. This was probably the most physical act this thing has ever done. Then the doorknob rattled and shook like it was trying to get in. In hindsight, I'm not sure why a locked door would keep it out, but I'm glad it did. I told it no again, more forcefully that time, and it stopped. I then heard loud footsteps like someone was running down the stairs. I cracked, I cracked open her door to see if by chance it was a person and there was nothing and no one around. As soon as my friend got out of the shower, I told her I was leaving and she could come with me if she wanted, but I would explain in the car. I grabbed my stuff and my keys and hauled ass out of there. After ex explaining, she opted to stay at my house for the weekend and we literally never talked about it again. Okay. That is until nearly five years later when I was getting married. It was the night before my wedding and 
Andy Friend was uh, was lending me a beautiful flower garland to use as a decoration. We had to go. Uh, we had to go get it from that house. <laughs> oh boy, my mom had always heard the stories from me about the house and the awful stuff that happened, but I don't know how much she believed me. Well, that changed because me, my bestie, my mom, and three other friends all went out to get the garland. As soon as we walked into the house. Uh, everyone sort of felt uneasy. No one was home, but as we were all trying to carry the giant garland out, we all heard someone walking around upstairs. My mom looked at me, and I could see the wheels turning in her head. I just nodded yes to confirm that she was in fact hearing the footsteps. Without really saying anything, we all started walking faster (laughs) (laughs) and took the decoration to the car. Needless to say, I felt validated by my mother, absolutely, and never ever went back. I was curious if y'all knew anything about the area or even that property. I don't know the address, but it's the big gray house that's on a triangle-shaped plot of land right after you go over the railroad tracks. I heard stories that it was a hospital in the old days and even a boarding house, which would make sense because it's a historic property. Thanks for reading this long email. Love watching you on YouTube. You guys are the best. Para Junkie Alley. We love you, Alley. Yes. That was a, uh, that's a great story. Great I mean, story. I'm not super familiar with that area in general. Um, Been a lot of times if there is a history of, you know, a property being a boarding house or something that has a lot of people coming through, you know, it it tends to attract things and whatnot. So, um, and then especially if it was a hospital where people die, that tends to create this almost kind of like thinning of the veil. And sometimes things are able to crossover they choose to stay there for whatever reason and stuff like that so i mean that would make sense of how it got there um but well and there's there's a treasure trove of uh time honored ghostly and demonic things going on in your story yeah uh we'll start with the simple stuff triangle shaped plot of land a triangle is oftentimes mind you Three points, three knocks. A lot of times, anytime you use a geometric uh, shape like a triangle, you are in an act of evocation. You could be dealing with uh, a, a just a, a vortex that is naturally created by the parameters of the property itself. A railroad track. Railroads yeah. are notorious for causing and drumming up all kinds of um, supernatural energy. In fact... Railroad spikes being one mm. of the coveted, you know, items used for both warding and 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 drawing and creating. Mm. Uh, next, locked doors. A ghost could walk through a locked door. A demon cannot. Hmm. The concept of doors are renowned through folklore. You have to invite a demon in. You have to open the door. To, you have to invite Dracula into your house. These are, these are just time-honored traits that an evil spirit can't just barge in on you. You have to initiate the contact. You have to be involved in it. So it's funny because it was like, oh, yeah, that checks out. Oh, yeah, that yep. checks out. That checks out. Um, and Waltharville, I, I don't have any knowledge of this place specifically, but I do know that... When you're dealing with um, these kind of small towns, 
sometimes the warped perception of religion is an easy thing to uh, for dark entities to sway. Yeah, because you, you you take a few steps away from what you believe into a new realm. It just takes a little poking to get to the wrong side of a faith and never realize it. You know, uh, when you're a fire and brimstone person, the more fire and brimstone you see, Mm -hmm. the more you're thinking that you're, you're doing the right thing. You're going down the right path. So, you know, it's it's possible that you're dealing with a a story like that because that's the kind of story that I hear a lot in, in rural areas where, um, you know, a, a preacher was able to, feed his congregation lots of stories that they that they bought into but it, it, he was he was answering a, a selfish call he was yeah, answering right. you know he was and and so there's 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 a lot of stories like that and and so like as i listened to the story i was like gosh this is a lot of those things that you hear about absolutely you know the knocking on the door you know uh, you know rattling the door mm-hmm. because that's another thing is is people will talk about ghosts that rattle doors or knock on doors and it's like well why won't why don't they just times? walk through the door it's mm-hmm. like it's because our living space is defined by our, our specific and personal beliefs and they don't have to be religious beliefs they don't have to be you know uh, these heavy christian overtones they just have to be our space we, yeah. we claim them we say this is our space this is our space mm-hmm. In order for something to enter it, uh, in order for something that is bound by whatever preternatural law you might think of, in order for it to enter it, you have to initiate, you have to make that contact. Like sure. Ghosts don't have that same um, uh, respect for your space. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so, you know, because they will just, they'll, they'll be in your bedroom saying, you know, you're going to burn, you know, they'll, they'll they'll show up. Um, but, uh, but if it's, if it's at the door and is stopped by the door, Mm -hmm. a lot of times you're dealing with something just a little darker or a little more, you know, it wants to be let in. It wants permission. It wants wants the interaction. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like even in Fey lore, you have to do that. Like you have to allow the Fey in. You have to, you know, almost sign a contract, if you will. It's like a mutual understanding of you're allowing it into your space. The Davenport house has something similar to that where um, in the attic, in the hate blue attic, which was just a poor decision on whoever decided to do that. (laughs) um, It's uh, if you go up there, there's like a door that leads into the attic and Every single night, if you're in there for long enough, you'll hear the, it's like a, one of those key ring sort of, you know, mm-hmm. pull doorknobs. Oh yeah. You'll just hear it go like over and over and over again and rattle and rattle, rattle, like something wants out. Yeah. That's creepy. Yeah. You know, uh, well, cause it's trapped in there, uh, because Hank Blue's very good for doing that, you know? Um, well, yeah. And it's funny because we, we're quick to say what a mistake it was to do that, but it's possible that they were actively trying to trap something. You know, it's possible they were trying to lock something sure. up. Fair enough. You know, um, because I think that's the story. Just just a few doors down, there's an old shacky-looking house that I think that was the story too. Yeah, mm-hmm. they 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 haint blew the door and the uh, and all of the yep. the exterior, and it's like that is not to keep something out. That's yeah. to keep something, something in. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, so definitely. 
a very interesting experience. You did the right thing, um, yeah. you know, by, by saying <laughs> yeah. no. And no. it kind of <laughs> illustrates um, what we always talk about where it's like when you're combating against something that's a little bit more malicious or on a darker side, it's all about your conviction. You know, if you truly believe by saying no and like treating it like it is like an animal or something and it is lesser than you, that is the type of conviction we're talking about. Um, you know, cause people think that you have to use like old language or Latin or things like that to be able to combat a, a spirit. And it's like, no, you no. can simply say like, nope, get out, <laughs> keep, <laughs> keep on moving. One of the reasons those things work, the reason why Latin works is because the person who is speaking it had to learn that. And in the act of learning their fortifying right. their faith in the thing, in the object, you know, whatever it is, you know, uh, by, by taking the action saying, I'm going to learn this thing, I'm going to study it, and in study I am now stronger than the spirit. But the sure. truth is you can have that conviction without you know, the, 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 the training because we are amazingly powerful entities moving through you know, the ether. So when you embrace your power, you can exert it. Um, but the moment you have those doubts and those chinks and, and the moment you start reaching across the, the barrier to, to really just fumble around in the shadows, that's when you, you run into danger. Sure. You know, because if you do it with confidence, if you do it with, with you know, a, a certainty of, of, of your presence and your power, you're probably protected. So we have to move on to the third and final story, but I wanted to I wanted to ask y'all real quick: um, Would it be fair to say that small towns are larger targets for darker things like demons and malicious spirits solely off of the fact that populations are more condensed to get rule, and you're going to have a little bit more of a fire and brimstone, you know, thing sure. going on there? It's a good question. Um, I think in, in in many ways it's 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 kind of like um, the starving wolf. You know, uh, in the city, I think you probably have the same amount, but they can get quicker and easier, so they're just kind of fat. fat demons. Fat demons. <laughs> you know, they're just stuffed to the gills and like, oh, I couldn't eat another bite. No, thank you. Uh, but you know, when you when you get to that rural area, yeah. y- you you will find that you know, um, they're thinner. They're on the hunt. <laughs> they're on the prowl. You know, they're okay. far more likely to interfere because things aren't just falling in their mouth. You know, <laughs> that, right. that kind of thing. That would make sense. Yeah. Um, yeah, I agree with that, you know, um, and I think a lot of the, the demons or darker entities that choose to go to rural locations, they have more of a goal where mm. they are purposely trying to break down the people that live there or things like that it feels more targeted in my opinion um because you know we we've gone into some of the rural areas even around savannah and we just randomly meet people one day we'll tell you guys about the guy we met at a bait shop random looking dude you know just seemed like super simple life kind of guy he had the wildest freaking demon story i've ever heard in my life and so it was insane um also think of the fact that the natural world is where the demons draw most of their energy and power, you know, and in, in a city, in a, in a tightly congested place, we've, we've paved over and mm-hmm. we've built up all these things. Whereas, you know, where the woods are, 
and where 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 life is happening in a in a natural pattern, um, you might be dealing with energies and forces that a spirit like that could draw from a lot easier. Because we always we always try to make these you know divisions, and we're we're not speaking religiously about demons. We're just using that word. Mm-hmm. But the idea being that ghosts are oftentimes drawn to the living. And, and, and so you, you, get, you get a lot of ghosts in cities and things like that because there's life and there's vibrance and there's all these things. Um, and if a ghost is in the country, it is being drawn towards where life is. Sure. Um, but it, they can be dampening to a natural force, to, a, to a something that, that, that needs that natural you know, uh, energy that comes from, you know, fauna and, right. <laughs> and flora and, 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 you know, uh, in, in that regard, it becomes kind of tragic in a way that we're, we're, we're sort of, uh, <laughs> push. And, and that's, that's where I guess the fae really do come into like yeah. a consideration is, is, is we are just devastating an ecosystem that we don't think about. We don't think about a spiritual ecosystem. We don't think about a supernatural ecosystem, but as we expand and as we cut down trees and as we build yeah. up these things, we are forcing spirits. And just take a look at any of the old folklore. Um, so much of it is about spirits that live in trees, that, you know, mm-hmm. that inhabit mm-hmm. trees. In many stories, if you cut down a tree, the spirit that was in the tree gets out. And sometimes it's good, sometimes it's bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. So moving on. Uh, this is the third and final story. This is from Parajunkie Emily Barasa. Um, hey, Madison, Chris, and JT. Hello. <laughs> Hi. I want to preface this by saying that while I have always been interested in the paranormal, even as a child, I've always been terrified of having any experience and definitely keep myself pretty closed off to any contact from anything spooky. Okay. That being said, I still have had a few experiences, the first of which happened when I was about four years old. I'm a bit more brave now, but at the age I was so afraid of everything, my family affectionately gave me the name Chicken. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, <laughs> but it is a cute nickname. Chickens are fun. All right. My, uh, my parents and I had just moved to Florida and I had a pretty <laughs> big, I had a pretty big room, uh, to myself across the house from my parents' room. I was still pretty freaked out by all the new house noises I wasn't yet accustomed to and would wake up frequently throughout the night, always feeling afraid when I woke. However, this particular time when I woke up, I was overwhelmed by a feeling of calm. I looked toward my bedroom door and found it closed, which was really strange at this age. My mom would always leave my door open at night so she could hear if I needed anything, uh, if I needed anything and she could get up. Um, something next to the door caught my eye and I looked over to see three distinct gray blobs floating about halfway up the wall. They looked almost like small bubbles of mist. Each one was maybe four inches tall and they just floated there. Because of this calm feeling while watching them, I was actually brave enough to get out of bed and walk towards the misty shapes. The light switch for my room was next to the door, so while I kept my eyes on the shapes, I reached over and flipped the switch on. Once the lights came on, the mist blobs actually looked like they popped like bubbles, then dissipated. Very interesting. Mm-hmm. The calming feeling remained, and I just remember turning the lights off and going back to bed. Mm 
When I told my parents the next day, they just, uh, they, they said that it could have been my father's grandfather who passed right after I was born. He had been diagnosed with cancer, so my parents had flown across the country with newborn me so he could meet me before he passed. Sweet. Uh, they, they said he held me for hours and may be looking out for me now. Aww. That's nice. Um, my second experience was much less heartwarming. Okay. 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 And we're going dark. Uh. That was so sweet. <laughs> uh, I was about 20 and was starting to study and practice witchcraft and paganism. I had a few friends at the time who would celebrate Sabbaths with me and discuss different rituals. One friend in particular was into some darker stuff, and we would always kind of brush her off anytime she wanted to discuss anything outside of our normal herbal crystal talk. One day, when this friend and I were hanging out at her apartment, just the two of us, she brought up the fact that she thought she had several entities following her. She said she had been experimenting with astral projection and had made contact directly with what uh, she thought was her spirit guides. Mm -hmm. She spoke of a couple of light spirits that would help her remember things she had forgotten or lost uh, or find lost items, very tame and kind things. But then she told me of another spirit, one she said would tell her decisions to make for her life and tell her about what she could become. Yikes. I immediately wanted to nope out of the conversation, but I felt bad because this friend was opening up to me so much. I asked her how she knew if the spirits were around, and she said they all felt different, but that the more intense spirit would make the room feel warm. I left pretty quickly once she uh, was done uh, sharing, trying to just shake off the creepy vibes she had given me. At that time, I was staying with my parents for a while in my old bedroom that I had always felt really safe in. I had a really bad habit of sleeping with the TV on all night for, uh, for, the, uh, for the light because I would frequently wake up to get water to go to the bathroom and that side of the house was really dark. That night, I woke up in the middle of the night as usual but immediately noticed something was off. The first thing was that I was sweating my butt off. It was insanely hot in my room. The second thing I noticed that my TV was on and the room was lit up as usual, except for the four corners of the ceiling, which were pitch black. This didn't make any sense as my TV was on top of a tall bookshelf in the corner of my room and was higher than any of the other furniture, so there was nothing above it to block the light and cast a shadow. I immediately remembered the conversation I had with my friend earlier, and something in my gut told me it was the spirit she had been talking about. The only thing I could think to do is to just tell it to go away. So out loud I said, you don't belong here. Go back to friend's name. It was like a switch flip. The shadows lifted. The room felt cooler instantly. I am still, I am still friends with this person, but ever since that night, I make sure to double up my spiritual protection whenever she's around. Understood. That, yeah. that makes sense. <laughs> well, if you made it through this insanely long email, I just want to say I love the podcast. You guys get me through my work days. Oh, and I feel like I've learned so much from you. Can't wait to see uh, what you have planned next year. Happy holidays, Emily Barasa. Thank you, Emily. We love you too. Um, 
I'll tell you right now, Emily, you gave me some really good visuals for filmmaking. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, I really like the corners. Like, yeah. I mean, that's just type that's type of stuff that uh, you know, is is like you just can't make that up. Right. You know? Like that is such a unique thing. I don't I, know. It's I find really it great. interesting because I don't know that we've ever spoke of this. Um, and if we have, we we may have just barely glanced it, and that is when you talk to ghost hunters or people who have a lot of experiences with ghosts, you'll oftentimes hear of cold spots, mm-hmm. but you very rarely talk about hot, about heat, yeah, and what that means. Um, and uh, my my general theory or, t- or, or 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 take on it is that a cold spot is when a spirit is drawing energy using the ambient temperature to fuel itself, and so it's drawing the heat out of the air, leaving behind a cool sensation. All, the temperature drops. Just as a, a spirit can take, you know, the energy out of a battery, it'll take it right out of the air. And and I oftentimes say, if you go ghost hunting, go ghost hunting in cooler months because there's less food for the ghost. It'll be drawn to your equipment, to you, for that energy to pull on, and you might have better uh, chance of contact. When you are finding the temperature increasing, mm-hmm. that means that a spirit or entity is utilizing energy. It is burning the energy. And that can be a, an indication that something bad is going down. Mm-hmm. That can be that something bad is about to happen. Or, or something noteworthy is about to happen, I should say. Uh, I don't want to just typify it as bad. But the, the difference between finding a cold spot in an investigation or, or, or around and finding a hot spot mm-hmm. is what's happening. The cold spot, it, it, I, I think, is a spirit surviving, is using the, and, and might reach out to touch you or communicate with you. A hot spot means it is in action. It is doing something. And the most likely action in most cases is coming through. Mm. Right. You know, passing the threshold. And we're talking, we were just talking about things have to be invited in. That's true of the astral plane. Yeah, making that connection in an astral plane, there is still a threshold, a door between this world and the next, and you have to invite it in to this world. And it's it can be as innocuous as being like, come into this world and help me see, help me find that thing, help me do these things. Once those tasks are oriented, there's an open door in your life. Yeah, right. <laughs> you have to shut the doors. Always remember that closing doors is a ceremonial way to cut off access to the next world, to the next realm, to, to, to anything, to the outside world. So, yeah, uh, it, that sticks out more than anything else is, um, I know we've talked about cold spots before, mm-hmm. but hot spots, uh, when, 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 an, when an area's temperature goes up, it is often the precursor to some malevolent you know, action. Yeah, uh, when you said that she was starting to dabble with the astral projection and stuff, I get very weary of people who are going to the plane specifically looking for answers because it is very easy for darker entities to want to manipulate um, people. It's the same way when you're doing divination and you're asking very desperately for certain answers. You never really know um, what you're talking to and you have a harder time vetting those types of entities. Um, so, you know, cause like going into the plane, sure there are people who naturally are able to do it, but like it's, it's always tricky because you're a very bright light in the plane. And 
those dark entities that hide there, they want so desperately to attach themselves. So of course they're going to tell you like, I'm your spirit guide. And then because they have that information, you know, they're able to say like, I can give you this. I can give you that. Yada, yada, yada. A good point is, yeah. If, uh, because they will use temptation, which universally we know is a, is a demon's card. Uh, when they're telling you things, when they're promising right. you things, when there's when there's a a brighter future by your actions mm-hmm. kind of thing, when they're putting on the table temptation, that should be a, an early guideline, <laughs> an yeah. early an early warning that you are not dealing with something that is just there to interact. You're de- dealing with something that's there to 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 get you. And no spirit guide. Um, from my experience and from everyone I know who has, um, you know, uh, successfully made contact with their spirit guides, no spirit guide is ever going to tell you exactly how to live your life. They might want to push you in a certain direction to be like, this is for your betterment, but you still have free will. And if and they an, don't know the outcome. Right. You know, they, they, they will only know at, at their own level what they believe is best for you, not this will happen. That's, exactly. a, that's a tricky game. Uh, and we've talked about this before because there is a way to see into the future. There is a way to divine these things. But it's not to a spirit guide's uh, you know, best interest to force you into action. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's, that's where the, the word guide comes in. Right. <laughs> They're not dictator, spirit dictator. It is, <laughs> you are, they are here to give you the best chance of living a successful life and coming into what you should be. But if you don't want to be that, you can resist it. So, not Slytherin, not Slytherin, yeah, not, not Slytherin. Yeah, not Slytherin, not Slytherin. <laughs> Gryffindor. <laughs> but yes. Um, so if you are dabbling with the astral plane, please be, please be careful. <laughs> and maybe just don't invite anything you meet in the plane back with you. Um, that's just a good rule of thumb. And I guess the moral of the episode, don't invite things in. <laughs> so, And we are going to be doing uh, a lot more of these um yes you know a lot more ghost mail so send in your stories y'all yes uh if you have a ghost story we do have quite a few people that we did not get to in this episode so they will be in the next ghost mail um but definitely send us your stories and don't invite anything in so i guess that's the ghost tip of the day but uh thank you guys so much for listening to this episode and thank you to the listeners who sent in their stories we really appreciate it um but my name is madison timmons i'm chris susie and stay spooky y'all